Trigger warning. The following episode contains references to Gore Human suffering Mental conditions Death Factual inaccuracies Several entitled people making light of all these things. If any of the aforementioned topics cause you discomfort, you may want to listen to a different episode. Now when the cops show up, you have to say you were driving. My blood is made of wine. I'm Adam. Well, that's weird. The arrow penetrated right to Leviticus 428. If you go back to that island, the natives will fucking kill you. Eh, I'm Andy. I'll prove that God exists or die trying. I'm Kelly. All right, there, folks. Y'all ready to go? Oh, just one sec. I have to grab my husband. I'm Sean, and this is Acid Pop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about acts of faith and how those can go wrong sometimes. So, like, sister, I act. believe in us. Yeah. It's like the hatchet that Jesus used. <laughs> the acts of faith. <laughs> so, act comes from Latin actus, meaning a doing, and faith comes from Latin fidere, meaning to trust. Latin fedora, meaning manchild head. So, today, we're doing a trust. Don't do a trust. And because I was curious, and it's going to come up a lot, I looked up God. It's a bit hazy, but best guess is it's from Proto-Anglo-European gut, what? meaning which is invoked. Witches. Witches. It's me. The crypt keeper, no. So theophobia is the fear of God or gods. It's from Greek theology, which is basically their word for religion. And clearly there is no science in this episode because this is the polar opposite of reason. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm calling Kirk Cameron. <laughs> what do you do if you're scared of God? <laughs> That's a tough one. I don't know. Ask the whole South. <laughs> <laughs> so our quiz was kind of hard. So what I did was I just went and looked up some interesting loopholes, both in religions and in laws that religions can exploit. So we're going to talk about those. So true or false, the Amish can use power tools. Well, I think there's different, like, sects of Amish. Amish. Amish sex. <laughs> sects. Ugh. Put the sheet over your head, dear. <laughs> I'm going to say true. Like, they're not running on electricity. Some of some of them aren't, so well, like, like it's gas-powered, maybe. Well, I, think, I think there's some that are, like, super strict. Like, some won't even yeah. use, like metal nails well I, I was warned when we went out to pennsylvania when i was a child that you were not allowed to take yeah uh, pictures of some of them because they would think that you took their soul i mean possibly i don't know how blown out of proportion that might be i've always heard the same thing i mean the definition of being amish is not using electricity or you know modern stuff no that's false it's got to be false <laughs> i think there's some that can well, because of a recently discovered loophole, this is true. Yes, loopholes. <laughs> the Amish won't use any sort of technology, but what could be more natural than air? Oh, pneumatic tools. Yeah, people have started retrofitting power tools to work via compressed air, making them Amish friendly. Yeah, and there's two Amish <laughs> on the other end with the bellows. Here's, here's yeah. the deal, guys. You are working so hard. Like, this Amish thing is obviously a hindrance to you that you have to come up with new pneumatic tools. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, most of these loopholes that we'll talk about is like, it's so 
like the definitions are stretched so far. It's like, why even bother? <laughs> just just go get a power tool. I mean, can you imagine like taking that one up with God? Like, yeah. Listen, God, <laughs> it was air power. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> well, and a lot of these things, it's like, oh, no, we can't use power. Why? Why, why can't we use power? Well, there's one line in the Bible. <laughs> it's the letter of the law, folks. So according to Catholic law, beavers are fish. It's true. Yeah, I think I have heard that. Uh, I think because it's because they're it's, white meat. Well, I, I believe somebody had them declared fish so they could eat them on Fridays. <laughs> yep, this is true. Yeah, I had heard this as a rumor, and I was inter- interested to find out that it is true. During the 1600s, settlers in America were having a tough go of Lent. So to make sure they got some protein, the Catholic Church agreed to declare beaver as a fish, which is totally <laughs> allowed during Lent. This ruling is still true today, and during Lent, sales of beaver meat go through the roof. I want to try beaver meat. I've never had yeah. beaver. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> so in some states, there are no standards for religious daycares. I have to believe that's true. I've read a lot of books about this sort of thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's like some states that are like all about their religion, I guess. I'm going to say this is true and then make a sad face. Yeah, as much <laughs> as I don't want it to be. This is sadly true. The government has strict rules about the training caregivers need, the ratio of children to caregivers, nutrition standards, etc. However, if your daycare is a religious daycare, there are no rules in 16 states, mostly in the South. I'm sure you'll be surprised to hear. (gasps) Probably Utah. (laughs) And as an example here, Deborah Stokes of Alabama had her daycare shut down for not meeting safety standards so she started her own church and declared her daycare a Christian daycare and has continued to manage unsafe daycares ever since. Nothing but Christian babies here. (laughs) What a wonderful world. (laughs) Jesus wants your children to be unsafe. (laughs) So only have one fill in the blank today. How many states allow parents to not vaccinate their children on religious grounds? I know. It's close to all of them. I thought that was 50, and California's been start, starting to push back against it. Are, are, are we considering Puerto Rico a state? <laughs> no. They can't vote. I'm going to say 48. It's the contiguous United States. I'll say 40. Well, Adam's close without going over. It's 46. So, yeah, just about all of them. It's Damn. actually better than I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Not as good as I hope, but better than I thought. Say, woo, 4%. <laughs> So we're on to our terms. What is an eruv? Eruv? Mm-hmm. It's a typo in the word groove? <laughs> it's a building with three points. <laughs> e-roof. It's one of them newfangled electronic roofs. <laughs> so that's the i-roof. <laughs> in the Jewish religion, there's some really strict rules about resting on the seventh day of the week. No working, no using electronics. You can't even carry something unless it's in your own house. Can't carry anything? Correct. Unless it's in your house. So if you want to, like, pick something up and carry it outside, it's going to have to wait till the next day. (laughs) Can't grocery shop on Sundays. Nope. It's all considered doing work. But an eruv is when you put a fence around your property, thus extending your house and allowing the Jewish inhabitants to carry things freely. What? Is that why we have fences? <laughs> Exploiting this rule to an exponential degree, Jewish communities have started wrapping entire neighborhoods in a small net and basically claiming everything in the net belongs to the entire community. So everyone <laughs> who lives there can move about and carry things freely. 
<laughs> hey, Just, we can work on Sunday again, guys. Wait a minute. Does that mean I can steal from, uh, if I belong to the community, I can steal from someone else? And it's <laughs> this all is our stuff. My stuff. So Los Angeles has a totally legitimate e-roof that's 80 square miles or 200 square <laughs> Come on, kilometers. Guys. Just change the rules. <laughs> no, no, no. God made the rules. We are just breaking them. <laughs> We're just stretching them as thin as they could possibly go. Yeah. And these things are basically like if you went to the hardware store and bought like a roll of screen, like for a screen window yeah. and just rolled a single piece of it around the neighborhood. That's the fence. It doesn't even have to be standing up. It's just on the ground. <laughs> it's like one of those invisible dog fences. <laughs> and God can't see in there. When you try to carry something outside of it, you get a little shock. <laughs> <laughs> That's the God shock. <laughs> what is the ministral exception? Ministral exception. Uh, I, I feel like this is the catch-all loophole. Like anything that's against the rules that doesn't already have a loophole. If a minister says it's okay, then it's okay. <laughs> oh, I, I was going to say it's a it's a person who plays music that was not counted on the census. <laughs> that's when someone wears blackface, but they're like, "No, it was Halloween. It's okay." <laughs> <laughs> so in 2004, a teacher at an evangelical church got sick and tried to go on short-term disability. The school fired her instead, so she rightfully sued for discrimination. The case worked its way up, and in 2012, the Supreme Court ruled that religious institutions could discriminate. Uh Uh-oh. Really? That's it. Literally, it gives religious institutions, churches, religious schools, according to Hobby Lobby, Hobby Lobby, the (laughs) right to fire people for being black or pregnant. Church of Hobby Lobby. And if you're mm-hmm. black and pregnant, oh, <laughs> all bets are off. Don't get me started. How did it come to such a place? It's <laughs> the separation of church and state. Yeah. That's what it all comes back to. Yeah, which, separate- I mean, it's a good thing. But- we separated the churches from all of our rules. <laughs> it's not if you're paying someone, you know, it's not really a church anymore. It's a business to some extent. I, I agree with you. <laughs> but that That's what they lean on. Yeah. So what is a Sheetle? It's a very good actor. His name is Don. (laughs) It's my all-women cover band of the Beatles. (laughs) The Sheetles. I like that a lot. I'm coming up blank here. It's me at the moment. She dull. (laughs) Girl. (laughs) So in some religions, women are not allowed to show their hair. This includes married or... (laughs) This includes married Orthodox Jewish people. To get around this, some women wear a sheetal, a wig covering their natural hair. It's made out of their own hair. Yeah, so you can, in theory, buy a wig that looks exactly like your natural hair and wear it out in public when you would not be allowed to show your real hair. Why the hair? (laughs) Do eyebrows count? That's Hmm. a good question. I don't think so. They wear prosthetic eyebrows over their real ones. (laughs) I gotta come down down with the the hiding the hair thing. Hair is very sexy. <laughs> She's right. Damn it! That full I head love of a hair good so hair pride. So what is a Shabbat elevator? Isn't that like Shabbat is the Sabbath? Sounds like a Jewish thing. Mm-hmm. It's an elevator that you program so that it works automatically on Sunday <laughs> or whatever on the Sabbath. What what is it Sunday? Okay, I so think. that you don't have it's to press Saturday any buttons. Some religions. I'm going to yeah. say okay. it's an elevator that works every day except Sunday, because the elevator shouldn't <laughs> work on the Sabbath. <laughs> Shabbat. It's the elevator that moves my fruit-flavored frozen treats up and down. 
Hmm. Haven't you ever had rainbow shabbat? (laughs) (laughs) Get out of here. So most of my loopholes seem to be in the Jewish religion, but they had some of the most creative problem-solving strategies. Again, during the seventh day, Jewish people are not allowed to use technology. Oh, in some buildings that Jewish people frequent, the elevators go into Shabbat mode on the seventh day, meaning they basically go from floor to floor nonstop all day long. So if a Jewish person gets in and the elevator eventually goes to the floor they want without them engaging with the elevator, no rules have been broken. I'm Look, if I'm I just standing here and technology works around me, it's not my fault. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not pushing the buttons. Ah, uh, God, see? No, didn't push it. <laughs> but one would think that, like, there's all these rules and, like, oh, I, I found a way around it. You think God would be like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> if God didn't want you to find your way around it, God wouldn't let elevators work that way. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> And that concludes our acid pop quiz. Ah, I was, I was having fun with loopholes. Yeah. So before I begin with the stories, I wanted to give a shout out to Les Jenkins, I, which I believe is the gentleman's name, who runs a website called stupidevilbastard.com. And on this site, he posts stories of people being dumb in the name of religion or racism. This site was invaluable in my research for this episode. So thank you, Les. That being said, he could stand to check his sources a little better, as some of the stories in which he was ranting about how stupid overly religious people are turned out to be made up to get people to rant about how stupid overly religious people are. Hmm. But such is the way of the internet. Ah, c'est la vie. Yep. Okay, here we go. Oh, and uh, I tried to order these from least terrible to most terrible, as I tend to do, though... I feel like my our last three are just about neck and neck, so we'll see if, if you agree. June 2011, New York City, New York. Tourists were standing on the shore looking at Liberty Island, where the Statue of Liberty lives, when an unnamed man stripped to his boxers, dove into the frigid waters, and began to swim for the island. Freedom! <laughs> <laughs> Lady Freedom! <laughs> Being New York, everyone just shrugged and went about their day. <laughs> I saw that twice yesterday. <laughs> Look, I, I think I would shrug and go about my day no matter where I was. <laughs> about 45 minutes later, someone spotted the man about halfway through the three-quarter of a mile or 1.2-kilometer swim and called the police. Good for him. The police went out in a boat and found the man swimming in a more or less a stationary position <laughs> as the tides were going out about as fast as he could swim. <laughs> the police pulled up alongside him and asked if he needed any help. He told them God had ordered him to swim the channel, and he would rather die than get in their boat. Let me guess. (laughs) The police said, okay, but didn't want to leave him there, so they hung around awkwardly for a while and tried not to make eye contact as the man (laughs) doggedly swam in place. (laughs) We're just going to put down our anchor. We'll be right here if you need us. (laughs) We were patrolling this stretch anyway. (laughs) After a few more minutes, the man sheepishly asked if he could get in the boat still. (laughs) Nope, off the table. Let's see you do it. Very religious, and whenever you say God tells you to do something, you've got to do it. (laughs) The police pulled him on board to find him shivering like a leaf. They dried him off, warmed him up, and took him to the Jersey Medical Center for psychiatric evaluation. And uh, that was all I could find. I couldn't find any follow-up to that story. Well, there's... Anytime I read, like, there's a lot of awful news stories where it's like, well, God told me to. I'm like, ugh. (laughs) As far as stuff like that goes, that's harmless enough to, you know, everyone else. Yeah. So January 2004 in Buenos Aires, people were enjoying their day at the Buenos Aires Zoo when suddenly 22-year-old Thomas Lucas jumped into the lion pen. Is that a metaphor? Nope. (laughs) 
The lions weren't initially bothered as they were used to zookeepers coming in and out, but Lucas was not to be ignored. Punched it in the nose. (laughs) He took off his coat and started flapping it at the lions, who continued to ignore him. Lucas walked over to the lions and flapped his coat right in their faces, and the lions finally decided they'd had enough. Oh yeah, what about now, lions, huh? How about this windbreaker in your face? (laughs) They tackled Lucas to the ground and began to maul him. Zoo security showed up and scared off the lions by firing guns in the air. Lucas was rushed to the hospital to be sewn back together. Piece by piece. (laughs) Once he was stable, they asked him what the hell he thought he was doing, and he told them voices from God ordered him into the pen to taunt the lions. (laughs) Taunt the lions? Like, I I thought it was going to be one of those Christians versus lions things, but no, it's just, I'm I'm here to taunt the lions. If God's (laughs) telling you to taunt lions, maybe God doesn't like you very much. (laughs) Maybe you should find a new friend. Hey, Michael, hey, watch this. Those lions have totally been talking shit behind your back. (laughs) He was taken away to be examined for psychological issues. (laughs) This is a running theme through our stories. Oh, next, January 2018 in Bristol, Tennessee. 33-year-old Chad O. England was traveling down the freeway when he heard Jesus advise him to let go of the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. wheel. (laughs) Worst worst Irish name I've ever heard, Chad O. England. Maybe his name is Chad (laughs) O. Chad on the hedgehog. <laughs> so he did so and promptly hit a concrete wall before flipping his truck five times. Jesus is still getting his learner's breath. <laughs> Always wanted to try this. Ah! <laughs> That's harder than it looks. As police arrived on the scene, they found England running off into the woods spouting gibberish. <laughs> while there is no charge for crashing your car while listening to Jesus, there are charges for possession of Schedule 2 and 6 drugs, 2 being things like oxycodone and fentanyl, and 6 being things like marijuana, mm. having open containers in the vehicle, driving without a license or registration, all of which applied to Mr. England. Jesus was giving a lot of bad advice that day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, kid. When- hey, kid. Take, take a bunch of Oxycontin. <laughs> well, don't forget your beer. <laughs> When the cops show up, all these drugs are yours. <laughs> <laughs> when asked why he was driving in such a state, Inglis said, oh, I wasn't driving. I was just behind the wheel. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They asked him, then why did you run from the accident? And he said, oh, I didn't run from the accident. Rather, he was being called to bow before someone. Just someone. Yep, someone. Not specific. Oh, it was Satan. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so Mr. England is currently in jail while the authorities figure out exactly what to do with him. Well, I, I believe he's, like, they've caught him really, really high and drunk running into things and talking to Jesus, so... Yeah, seems pretty cut and dry, but obviously but he he's says a he was only unstable. behind the wheel, huh? Well, can't arrest him for that. <laughs> so March 2018 in Atlanta, Georgia. I read about this story in a couple places, so our heroine is either named Bakari or Bahari Williams. And this story is remarkably similar to our last story. Either way, Miss Williams was driving along with her two daughters, ages five and seven, in the back seat. The family were having an argument about whether God is real. Mrs. Williams was insistent, but her daughters weren't convinced. Mrs. Warren said, I'll prove it to you, took her hands off the wheel, closed her eyes, and began to chant to God. Oh, Lord. I'll prove it to you. We'll go see God right now. (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Warren then proved a point, though not the one she intended, when she crashed head-on into a pole. Miss Warren went to jail on two charges of child cruelty, and the girls went to stay with their grandparents for a while. That was a god pole. (laughs) Yeah. 
But what? Okay, what? But what is that? Like, it's like I know how to prove my faith. Yeah. Just let go of the wheel. <laughs> Didn't know so many people would take that literally. Yeah. It's just a country song, people. <laughs> I mean, I went to Catholic school when I was little. I'm not someone who knows a lot about religion, but one thing I do know is that most religions are pretty clear that God doesn't just show up on command. Yeah. <laughs> pretty hands off, I think. <laughs> okay, so we're into our final three here. So March 2013 in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Oh, I love Hamilton. <laughs> the Wald family is extremely religious. Like many religious people, they trust in the healing powers of God over any crackpot doctor. Unfortunately, it seemed God had other things to do in March when Peter Wald died at age 52 of complications from a nasty foot infection he had refused to have looked at. <sighs> but for the rest of the Walds, it wasn't too late. Because they believe that if you're a good enough person, you could be resurrected just like Jesus. Oh, good. <laughs> so his wife, Kalingwald, padlocked the room, sealed the vents, and anxiously awaited the return of her husband. But he couldn't get out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was resurrected, but I think it's super strength. <laughs> Kalig, five of her kids and seven other adults living in the house carried on like everything was normal making sure to pray for Peter every day. <laughs> With Peter temporarily out of commission, the household wasn't bringing in as much money as it ought, and the Walds began to fall behind on their mortgage payments. Six months later... Oh, it sure has taken him a while. <laughs> Lazarus was an instant. Jesus is three days. Come on. <laughs> the family received an eviction notice. The police showed up to see the family moved out, and oh, they no. were all ready. They even had packed Peter's things and had his shoes laid out for him. <laughs> Any second now. <laughs> the police chief went with Kalig to see if Peter was ready to go. Oh, dear. He when was not. <laughs> <laughs> when she removed the padlock and opened the door, it turned out Peter was not, in fact, ready to go. <laughs> Man, lazy. Alternately, he had been ready to go for some time. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, Peter was an unidentifiable pile of stinking sludge being feasted Ooh. on by rats. Delicious. Well, the rats got in there somehow. He wasn't trying very hard to get out. <laughs> so officials began to look into the incident and received identical accounts from all 13 members of the house. 13 people in your fucking house. <laughs> they were all sad that their prayers weren't answered, but no one seemed unstable or anything. <laughs> and the only law that Kalig broke was failing to report a dead body. So there wasn't a lot the authorities could do. Something about neglect? Uh, yeah. In the end, she was given 18 months probation and she promised never to do it again. <laughs> she did. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So Shouldn't they're all religious and like 13 people in a house is uh, egregious, but That's they're all house. religious enough to yeah. say, yeah, that guy's coming back. Yeah. They're all on board. Certainly the house was reaking by that point. <laughs> you would she sealed the vents. <laughs> she must have sealed them really go good. nose blind after a while. Yeah. I just so imagine I, he was like an alien and just sort of dissolved the floor. I guess. But I mean, there was rats getting in. It wasn't airtight. Yeah. Rats will get in anywhere. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. <laughs> so this next story is a, a pretty amazing story. Amazing grace. <laughs> The Sentinelese are a tribe of people who mm. live on the North Sentinel Island off the coast of Andaman Islands in the Indian Ocean. Guys. Huh? I love reading about these guys. Yeah. Since the mid-1800s, the Sentinels have responded to visitors by filling them with arrows. <laughs> Keep the change, you filthy animal. <laughs> 
After a few decades of this, the Andalese government basically quarantined the whole island for five miles in every direction. Having been isolated for more than 50 years, this island is one of the few untouched by modern world. So it's super against the rules to go there, and if you do, it's likely you won't survive. But of all the things the island is missing, the most important is surely Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's not a modern technology. We can introduce him. (laughs) They've got a deficiency in vitamin J. (laughs) So that's a problem John Allen Chow was going to fix. In November of this year, Chow became determined to contact the tribe and spread the good word. I was reading about this story. It it sounds pretty crazy. After several attempts, he commandeered a paddle boat and made it to the islands. He came upon a group of locals and he proclaimed loudly, My name is John. I love you. And Jesus loves you. The sentinels stood up and started to knock some arrows. (laughs) (laughs) Just hold that thought. Chow took off running for his boat under a hail of arrow fire, and as he paddled for his life, an arrow got close enough to hit his Bible dead center. Oh, damn. Personally, I would have taken this as a sign, but not Chow. <laughs> he, he got back to his hotel, girded his loins, wrote a message to his family letting them know what he was doing and not to be angry at the Sentinels or God if he died, and then he bribed a fishing boat to take him back to the island. He took it as a sign that they were zeroing in on Jesus. (laughs) They got their eyes set on the Lord. So the fisherman dropped him off at night and agreed to come back in the morning to pick him up. We'll bury you. (laughs) The next morning, the fisherman pulled up to see the sentinels burying a body right about where they (laughs) dropped Chow off. There has been no word on whether the sentinels are now Christian, though. (laughs) Yeah, were they giving him last rites? (laughs) Like, I remember reading about this and going, well, that was very stupid. But then there are people like, nope, nope, we have to go and punish these people for doing this. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Seriously. Yeah. I mean, if there's a sign that says, if you come in here, you will be shot. And then you go in there and you get shot. I feel like uh, you, you don't have many, much recourse there. Yeah, if anyone gets to stand their ground. <laughs> well, I think from what I was reading, all the fishermen are being, like, tried. Yeah, yeah. They're definitely serving some time for breaking the quarantine laws. Here's the deal. I, I see the sign that says, if you come in here, you will get shot. I go in anyway. Yeah. I'm shot at, and it hits my copy of the Bible. I'm like, oh, shit. They owe me a new Bible. <laughs> Maybe they were in a bad mood. I gotta come back tomorrow. <laughs> Not to mention, I mean, this imaginary sign says, if you come in here, you will be shot. And also, just by breathing on these people, you might kill them all. Well, exactly. That's the part that I think is the worst. Like, yeah. we have no idea what he might have introduced to them. Besides yeah. religion. <laughs> <laughs> the worst disease of all. And our final story here. Herbert and Catherine Schabel are a married couple living in Philadelphia and are fervent members of the first century gospel church. Herbert. <laughs> One of the things this church urges their members to do is avoid silly things like doctors and hospitals. Instead, <laughs> trusting that the Lord will heal all of their wounds and woes. Oh, that's always fun. That, that worked for a lot of people during World War II. <laughs> Now, the Shables were all about having kids, and in 2007, Catherine gave birth to her seventh kid, a boy named Kent. (laughs) You have nothing left to prove. (laughs) When Kent was two, he got really sick in an anti-vaxxer sort of way and developed pneumonia. He got very sick in a very preventable sort of way. (laughs) Yeah. The Shables knew what to do, though. They leapt into action and began praying for all they were worth. In a remarkable turn of events, Kent died. (laughs) <laughs> twist <laughs> you said a remarkable turn of events i was like oh my god he, he survived 
So the Shables went to court and were found guilty of involuntary manslaughter. I don't quite get this next part, but instead of going to jail, the Shables were sentenced to 10 years of probation, during which the court ordered them to take their kids to the damn doctor if they got (laughs) sick. Take your kid to the doctor. Stop naming them something like Kent. (laughs) Suitably reprimanded, the Shables went home and properly monitored the health of the remaining six kids. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I read that wrong. <laughs> what I meant to say is the Shables went home, had another son named Brandon in 2012. Kent he too. got sick. They didn't take him to the doctor. And Brandon also died of pneumonia at age seven months. Turns out God hates children. <laughs> Six is enough. <laughs> <laughs> I sent that down here as a rule. <laughs> <laughs> The Shables found themselves back in court in front of an understandably irate judge who said, you killed your two children, not God, not your church, not religious devotion, you, before sentencing them to jail time. But for uh, three to seven years, apparently killing children through neglect isn't such a big deal. So yeah, Shables went to jail for three to seven years, probably closer to three if I know anything about our legal system. Did, Did they have more children after that? Uh, this was fairly recently, so I think they're maybe still in jail. Like it just it just seems like at that point you're like, okay, if you have a kid, it goes somewhere else. Yeah. I oh actually the uh, last part I forgot to mention was that their remaining children were all put into foster homes. Oh good. Oh good. Which makes sense if they're gonna be gone for three years. So <laughs> anybody have any personal stories about dealing with people who were trying to help them or do something on behalf of God? But I have a very religious family. Well, like one side of my family is religious in the way that if something goes wrong, like it's all God's plan. Let's yeah. go get drunk, though. <laughs> the other side, like my wife's side, they are so very, very religious to the point where like I'll make a joke like I'll see him in hell and both of them will go, oh, no, 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 no. You'll be in heaven seeing him in hell. We've already put yeah. in a good word for you. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think, like, is there a window to hell in heaven? And if so, that seems really cruel because your loved ones will probably be there. It's like an upside down periscope. Please do not tap on the glass. <laughs> it scares the sinners. <laughs> but they're they're so overtly religious that I, I had to lay down rules. It's like, okay, we're not talking about politics or religion at your house or I will leave. Yeah. It's nice that they think you're going to heaven, though. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, well... But that's also like the, the people they know that do things that are bad are no, they're, 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 that's fine. Everybody else, they're wrong. I had sort of the opposite experience, which I found actually quite charming. I went to a a public high school, but in a very religious area, and most of the teachers and the students were quite devout. And there was this girl. I wouldn't go so far as to say we were friends, but we were very friendly. And she, we would talk religion on occasion. And then she stopped talking to me about it. And I was like, you know, what's the deal? And she's like, I just can't handle thinking about the fact that you're going to hell. It just <laughs> makes me so sad. And she's like, I pray for you, but I, you know, it doesn't seem to help. And I just, it really hurts to think of you burning in hell. And like, that's really sweet <laughs> in a very sweet strange you. way. <laughs> I mean, that is very sweet in a strange way. Like, we can't talk about religion anymore because I know you're going to hell, but I really like you. And it's like, hey, well, at least... You know, at least you you take your your beliefs, you're not pushy about it, but you take it seriously and you're not, you know, cackling over my demise. (laughs) Yeah. Growing up, it's kind of weird. Like my family 
neither side of my family was religious really in any way. Like it seems kind of strange because growing up, most of my friends had at least some interaction with religion, but, but not me. I remember once when I was like eight, we went with some like friends of the family to like an Easter at a church once. And like, that was it. That was the only time I ever went to church as a kid. And I remember when I was in high school, I want to say this was with a, a mutual friend of ours, David. He, grew up in a, in a fairly religious family. And one time he invited me to go to church with him. And I was just like, okay, I've, I've never really been to church. I guess I'll go check it out. So we went, it was fine. And then afterwards, like, oh, now it's time for Sunday school. It's like, oh, okay. So we walked no, over to this cool. other place. And Sunday school, God. then there was a guy who was teaching the class or whatever. And it's just like a bunch of mix of kids, like from five up to high school Mm -hmm. and he's like okay who wants to name some saints and everyone's like oh me me oh Oh, yeah okay and he had this little deck of saint flashcards, and he would just hold them up and be like who is this who is this and they'd (laughs) like oh it's saint what's his face or whatever and he's going along and then he's coming to me and i was like well surely he's gonna skip me because he knows (laughs) that i i don't go here i don't know any of this stuff but no he stops on me and he's like okay (laughs) friend who is this saint? And like, I just froze and I was just, and I just like said the first name that came to mind. I don't even remember what I said. I just said, Saint someone or other. And he's like, Bob yes, Dylan. that's right. And then he moved on. Wow. <laughs> so I have no idea if that was divine intervention or he was lying to make me feel better or what, but uh, see, and maybe nobody was getting them right. I, yeah, envy, probably. I envy people who are not forced to go to church Every day for like 18, not every day, every Sunday every for day? 18 years. I just wanted to watch fucking Nick Arcade. <laughs> I'm a simple man. But no, you go to a place and they're like, yeah, you are just awful. The best day I ever had at church, we had a, a youth pastor that was all, like, one time he brought out a skateboard with like Jesus on it. <laughs> and like, they'd call all the kids forward like, okay, here we go. He handed out silver dollars once and I was like, fuck yeah. This guy rocks. <laughs> Otherwise, you just go there and it's all these old people that smell awful. Oh, wait, Andy, he was handing out pieces of silver and you accepted it? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Did you ever go to church, Adam? Uh, only when I was invited by other people who used to go to church. I, I went to, like, the, the Doggins from down the street. Uh, I went to Mormon church a couple of times with them. Mostly it was just for, like, activity things that they had organized. and The free breakfast. Yeah, stuff like that. I mean, I, I, there was one time we were driving to visit my grandmother, and I start like we had started learning about evolution, and my mom goes, "You seriously can't believe that, right?" Oh boy! <laughs> I was like, "Mom, it's like it's science. Like they know where all this stuff comes from." She started getting angry. My dad stepped in and was like, "Now, honey, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that." <laughs> Good on him. <laughs> I think the re- most recent time I set foot in a church for a service was about eight years ago for a family event, and. uh my family's roots are in Catholicism, but I hadn't been in a Catholic church since the third grade. And there are a lot of times when you sit and stand and kneel. And like, <laughs> I couldn't remember when any of them were, but I knew that they existed. So I was just like a shivering ball of anxiety for this entire service, like looking at everyone, like trying to figure out when they were standing. Yeah. It's pretty easy to tell when people are standing. <laughs> I have a pretty good eye for people. <laughs> <laughs> Knees, you know, they're straight or bent. I can tell you every time. Like, I couldn't remember if I was supposed to genuflect when I got in and whether I was, I knew I couldn't take communion, but I didn't know if I was allowed to use the holy water. It was all this stuff. Define genuflect. 
when you go in, into a Catholic church, before you go into the pew, you sort of like kneel, like sort of do a little bow bob to the, the front and then you go in. You just pretend like you're tying your shoes and wait for somebody else to go in first. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I've been to Catholic services, Lutheran services, Mormon services and Jewish services. And I tell you what, the Catholics are the one that lay on the guilt the most. <laughs> which one? Which one's the most fun? Well, my, my Lutheran church had a, a rock band. Whoa. Like the game? Yeah, they had the game rock band, <laughs> but they only had country songs. Yeah, um, for a little while when I was like an early teenager, or, like just preteen, we went to a lot of those like strip mall churches. Oh, really? Ah. And those are those are so like so different from each other and like the <laughs> exact opposite of a Catholic church. And like they always made me really uncomfortable because love- to me, a church is a Catholic church like you need. You need ceremony and you need, need structure. Lots of, yeah. You don't need automatic doors that go bing bong at the front when you come in. <laughs> oh no, when you walk in, like there's automatic doors that open up to a statue of Jesus on the cross. Like, bing bong. <laughs> no, you don't have a Jesus on a cross. That's a Catholic thing. You just have the yeah. cross. Oh man, the Lutheran church had so many pictures of Jesus. He always looks the same, but man, sometimes he's jacked. Yeah. <laughs> White Jesus. White Jesus. <laughs> When uh, Sean and I lived in Chicago, there was a church that had been a Kmart. Yeah. I think it we had one of those. Enormous. Uh-huh. Yeah. Big church. We have great deals on salvation. <laughs> and one day they had a tornado in their parking lot. A godnado, thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, if nobody has any more personal stories, we'll move on to what are your morals worth? So, how much to live in a house with a corpse for six months? <laughs> How sealed is the room? Yep. Your house right now. Shit. Yeah. I only have like one room that can do that and it has my board games in it. (laughs) Mine has my baby in it. (laughs) That just use the bathroom? Feeding her's awful expensive. They only have the one. Put it like like there was a downstairs closet. Shove him in there. Just use your patio. (laughs) Patio's not a room. It's like an outdoor room. (laughs) Just put him in the forest. (laughs) It's God's room. Put one of those uh, fences around it. Then it counts as part of your house. Like, am I going to get in trouble if somebody finds this body? Nah. I'm going to assume that I can put him... I, I can go do laundry somewhere else. I'm going to put him in the laundry room. Okay. Draped across the washer dryer. <laughs> <laughs> Ruin your washer and dryer. Uh, and then we'll seal it off. Like, I'll, I'll put caulk and everything like yeah, along the... Get the brick and mortar. <laughs> You're going to reek. We're all going to reek. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, how sealed is this room? That's on well, that's you. up to you. Yeah, you can do okay. whatever you want. But and appara- apparently, no matter what, we're going to have rats. <laughs> can rats. I treat the body? Nope. Okay. It's got to come back someday. My dad has a crematorium. So <laughs> can I just have some ashes in there? <laughs> <laughs> that's cheating. Give me 500,000. 500,000, huh? I can afford a lot of Febreze. <laughs> <laughs> like that gives me money to do my laundry. It's a whole. It, it's... <laughs> do a lot of laundry. Do I have to live in the house? Yes. Oh. I remember like a Mythbusters episode where they put a pig body in a car. Yeah. Like sealed it up and it destroyed the inside of that car just from the decomposition. It's just my laundry room. (laughs) I don't think our HOA is going to be happy about this. (laughs) I mean, you would just be in hell if you did not seal the room. And if you seal it, that room is gone. Yeah. You basically are going to, I assume you're just going to have to basically like rip out everything down to the drywall and put it all back in again. Just... Okay, put up all the plastic sheet for, like, work that you do in your house. Like, 
coat the entire inside of the room in a solid sheet of that. Yeah. It's still going to have the, the smell. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Do I get the money before or after? After. Okay. Well, shit. I need enough to buy a new place. <laughs> a whole new place? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fair. In Seattle. So I need a million dollars. A million dollars. I need to be able to buy somewhere to live. They're going to kick us out. Nah. If we With keep a corpse. They'll never know. They'll smell it. Our neighbors will smell it. We're on the top. All the smells no, go up. Look, Seattle smells like vaguely of weed anyway. <laughs> I think I'm with Kelly. I think I'm going to need enough to buy like a new place. Yeah. I'm just going to renovate my mic. I'm going to have the best washer dryer after this. I'm going to buy like a <laughs> washer dryer. <laughs> Isn't the kind of washer and dryers the astronauts use. <laughs> For when you forget you're not in a spacesuit and you pee yourself. <laughs> I mean, I'm only thinking about replacing that one room. So, like, the cost of the drywall, the paint, and the carpet. I think probably just the whole carpet on that whole floor, because it's probably going to leak a bit. I think you'd have to go deeper than that. Well, I think underneath our carpet is concrete, and it's not going to do anything to that. Well, you might need to... The smell could soak into concrete. Maybe. You might need to get that scoured a bit. Yeah. So, I don't think that's going to be that expensive. You know, maybe... I don't know, ten grand to rebuild that room. I think it's 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 less than that, but you you want to do it right, yeah. But Treat then yourself. I just have to live with that smell. And the thing is, like, I have a pretty good not. sense of smell, and I don't like I get used to smells for a little while, but they come back. <laughs> yeah. So it's mostly just about dealing with that smell. Um, can you get nose plugs? <laughs> yeah, you can get <laughs> nose plugs. You start, start to taste it in the air. Yeah. Ugh. Ah. You, have to, you have to eat something you really don't like for six months so you don't have it spoiled for the rest of your life. <laughs> it's a good strategy. I don't know. I, I'd probably do a hundred grand. I think I'd put up with that for six months to get a hundred grand. So combined, you each you, you get one million dollars and one hundred grand. Yay. Yeah, that's no fair. Mine covers the tax. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll say three hundred thousand. Yeah. Well, you're not going to be able to afford a really good washer with that. <laughs> Well, not NASA's washer. Oh, one more thing before we go. The very month that we started doing this podcast, Kelly and I found out that we were going to have a baby. And uh, we have since had said baby. And it turns out babies are a lot of work, believe it or not. So since our daughter was born, I've basically had enough time to do my daytime job, take care of her, and edit podcasts pretty much every other moment. So... I think we're going to step back a little bit and go to every other week to try and give me a little bit of free time. So a little bit of bad news. We'll still be around just half as much as we were. But hey, if uh, someone listening is interested in being our editor and getting some practice editing podcasts, then we could go back up to every week. But if not, as soon as this uh, little one can take care of herself a little bit, we'll go back up. But just just to warn you for the foreseeable future, every other week. Just as soon as she can edit podcasts. Yeah, we'll get her on it. Yes. All right. I think that's all we've got for this week. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks to my co-hosts, and thank you so much for tuning in today. If you would like more information about today's episode, check out our website at acidpoppodcast.podbean.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Acid Pop Podcast and contact us at acidpoppodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, and give us all the stars you can. Stay safe out there, and we'll see you next week.
I was listening to one of our old episodes. I was listening to the Panama Canal episode. Okay. And right as I pulled into work, there's a part, I don't remember why, but Andy says, it just gives me that sexual thrill. <laughs> and we're talking about the, the, the canal watchers. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was with the gun goozlers. And, uh, that's when I hit stop. But when I hit stop in my car, my car always rewinds like a couple seconds yep. to make sure I don't miss anything. So then I go into work and I sit down and I have Bluetooth headset headphones, put on my Bluetooth headphones, click them on. They make the you're connected noise. I hit play on my phone and my phone just out loud in the office just goes sexual thrill. And then I hit stop. So <laughs> it was like I just had a sound bite ready to go. And I just wanted everyone to hear that before I started work for the day. That's my phone startup noise. 